Yo, welcome back to the Take Two Podcast. My name's Kaylee, and I'm the host here. And today, I've got two friends with us, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Welcome, everybody. It is your friend, Justin Rohde. Hello, I'm Zach Thomas. I'm honored to be here. I'm excited you guys are here. I think this is going to be great. Yeah. Um, what are some things that people have probably seen you guys doing around CCH? Mm. Or trying. Well, they probably see both of us at Pancakes pretty frequently. Yeah, I mean, we're both seniors here, and Mm -hmm. I've been doing Pancakes since my freshman year. Mm -hmm. Uh, People know me as the welcome guy, you know, (laughs) just going for as long as I can. Um, Just trying to make sure people uh, feel welcome at Pancakes and uh, see that we have a real open space at CCH and people who care that that they're yeah Yeah. i'm uh on the rep group and i'm honored to be uh serving in that capacity uh looking over the pancakes and food events and hot dogs and stuff like that um yeah and i also live at the house so people probably see me there all the time Mm -hmm. yeah well guys thanks for being here um i'm excited to dive in um this week, uh, we're ju- we're jumping back into our follow series. Um, we kind of took a little mm. bit of a break last week, and um, this week we talked about is it Mark nine. Do I remember that correctly? Yes, no, Mark, yeah. nine. Uh, Mark nine. Thirty three. Um, and Jacob Rader, um, who's been on the podcast before, so a familiar voice, shared with us at TNW about how Jesus is the goat. He's the greatest of all time, and. Now we get to talk about it, which is pretty sweet. Um, mm-hmm. I really appreciated how Jacob shared like how we strive for greatness um, in a typically not uh, or a typically world worldly view, as opposed to how Jesus was great and the way he calls us to greatness. So let's just start there. Mm-hmm. What do you, What do you guys think about this idea of greatness? Well, uh, I I really liked how he started off with like. Who who wants to be great? And obviously, everybody in the room raised their hand because that's just something that we're taught from as kids. Like, you want to be great. You want to improve yourself. You want to be, you know, the best that you can be. And I like how he took that and, like, the pride that you have in that and revealed and cut deep immediately in mm-hmm. the start of it. I really like that because, uh, I mean, he elaborated on that even more, so I'm sure we're going to get more into that. But, like, we we think of ourselves as, like, we have to – elevate ourselves and get to the best that we can be so that we can have potential to give to God. But we don't think that God has already given us that potential, which I really think is what he was trying to bring out. And I really like that. Yeah. It really reminded me a lot of how we talked about motives a few weeks ago. Mm. Weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I mean, my motive can be to be greatness a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. So. I think especially in our culture, uh, I mean, you think of America, like, you think, like, you have to try to get things for yourself. Like, mm-hmm. it's a very, like, materialistic culture that we live in. Like, you try to buy things. You try to work harder so that you have greater, you know, reputation. And mm-hmm. everything has, like, a purpose. And so everybody has an angle. But, like, you have to think about it differently than that. That's kind of what he was trying to say. Like, the idea of humility and putting yourself at a place where somebody else has a purpose through you. Mm-hmm. I think that was really cool. I really appreciated how he talked about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd say just throwing it back to uh, the motives. Like, when it comes to how I think of greatness, I 
or pursuing greatness, I think it's an honorable thing to try and be the best you can be, but who are you doing that for? Are Mm -hmm. you doing it to try and elevate yourself or elevate God and his kingdom and his purpose for your life? So it's a, um, you know, that was something that when I was listening to the message, it was tough to wrap my head around just going through. um, I mean, I'm always trying to be better myself every single day Mm -hmm. and trying to be better than I was however long ago and um, but trying to work it out where I'm doing it for his glory Mm -hmm. and fulfilling what he has for me to do Mm -hmm. yeah how do you guys feel that like man I don't know coming into college everybody's like you know what's your big goals Mm. like where do you like what's your goal for right now what's your goal for next year what's your goal for graduation what's your goal five years after um, how do you feel like goals overlap with greatness mm-hmm. and the striving of great for greatness? I'd say um, that going through just with my perspective that I have now, uh, it's a lot wider than when I first came into college and uh, just how I imagined uh, my college experience journey uh, filling out. It's nothing like I would have expected coming in. And so I feel like it's good to have these uh, goals to reach for. But um, also having that trust that uh, God's going to take care of it and how you're going to accomplish it. Um, Because if we get too narrow-minded on um, fulfilling these things for ourselves, then it can block out uh, the reason why we're going through this college experience, why we're pursuing this careers that we got. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember coming into college, like, obviously, I'm an education major, so my goal was to be a teacher, and that's, like, going into, I was looking for the best education school, and that was something that I looked for here at Trine, and um, I came here, and I wanted to be a good teacher, and I wanted to improve myself in that respect, and my goal was to graduate as a really, really good teacher. I wanted mm-hmm. to give the best experience, and I remember, actually, your brother Justin, um, my, oh, what would that be? I think it was the end of my freshman year. Um, actually, yeah, well, no, it was end of sophomore year when he was moving out of the house and I was moving in and we had a, we sat down and talked together. Um, and he, he was like, just nonchalantly said something along the lines of like his purpose here at Trine was to reach people and to serve God. And I was just I, I remember hearing that and just kind of like pushing off the side, like, oh, yeah, of course. But then I thought about that later. Like, he was a, a really smart dude, and obviously he was not pursuing a major that was necessarily came easy, um, and now he has a really great job. But his goal was not the job. His goal was not, you know, the major or anything like that. The goal was pleasing the Lord, which I thought was really, really impressive, and it kind of changed my perspective, like, putting yourself in the present, not necessarily like your goals are for yourself are now, you know, for the Lord. How do I please the Lord now? Not necessarily in the future, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say coming into my senior year this year, just having a lot of reflection, just, um, I feel like my priorities have shifted more. So, um, you know, I still want to finish strong, you know, Mm -hmm. fight off that senioritis, but, (laughs) uh, still like 
my priority has been um, building community at CCH and um, working to uh, build relationships and this family we got. So, mm-hmm. yeah, especially yeah, like you said, senior year, you're I mean, you're got one foot out the door with internships and job opportunities <laughs> and stuff, and it's hard to commit yourself to investing in those younger than you. But when you think about it, it's there's nothing more worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know where that like goal idea came from, but as we were talking about greatness, I was like, man, like we just strive for goals a lot. Mm-hmm. We strive to achieve things a lot. And man, I, I mean, at least for me personally, like my, my desire to achieve a goal, my desire to accomplish something can oftentimes like be in the form of my own greatness as opposed to like, just pleasing the Lord in yeah. the moment and just running down the line and I'm like, Oh, I got to get, get to this next thing or mm-hmm. what's my next step. And it's like, man, he just asked me to be here. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Not that goals are bad. Goals can't be really good. <laughs> and I, d- I am also a person that thinks we should have goals, <laughs> but yeah. And I, I think they definitely can be beneficial and I think God uses them for really awesome things. But you also see like, I don't mean to make this like a super like, west versus east thing but like Mm -hmm. in our western society like that's a huge thing when you look at like eastern societies there's like cultures of their entire philosophy of life is to remove desires and Mm -hmm. remove goals and that's like how they live their life and so you think about like that's like goals and incentive and everything like that is how we run our entire like that's our whole philosophy like everything that we do is motivated by that so i think that's definitely a really important issue and uh, not necessarily eliminating those, but using them, I think is really cool. Yeah. That's, I think he talked about that quite a bit, which I liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that about like Eastern culture. Mm-hmm. It's not something I've studied a lot, but what I've heard is like us Westerners are pretty extreme in our yes. like focus on achievement and mm-hmm. greatness and stuff. And um, man, I, do you think there's like a middle ground between the two of those mm-hmm. that we should be living in, or? Yeah, I I mean I I think that's kind of what we're called to. Like we can have these goals, but the goals aren't necessarily for ourselves. Mm. It's mm-hmm. like it's using the mindset like then this is why we say all the time like meet them where they're at because Jesus meets us where we're at. Like he knows yeah. that we live in a society, he knows that or that has goals and he knows that we live in a western society, but he doesn't ask us to necessarily change that. Like he asks us to change our mindset about it, which I think mm-hmm. is really cool. Like to, yeah, you have goals, you have this desire for growing but don't get rid of that just use it which I I think that that's pretty cool and for the same side for them like they have this cultural background of getting rid of desires so he says okay use that get rid of your earthly desires I'm okay with that focus on me Mm -hmm. so I think you can kind of use both philosophies yeah yeah so what is like we're talking about greatness in the sense of goals more so. How do we tailor our goals or really, like, how do we make the root of our desire for something about God's kingdom? Like, how do we flip what our culture teaches us to strive for to what God asks us to strive for? Yeah, I, I really like what Jacob said about this because he, he emphasized humility, and that's what mm-hmm. that was his focus there. Like, And I I've heard this from a lot of people. I know Ike has said it. I know a lot of people have said it, but humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less often, which I have always loved that definition. Um, 
because it, it puts the perspective of like Christ has made us like in his image we're we're not made incorrectly mm-hmm. we have done wrong things but we're not incapable of you know serving him but we choose to do that wrong and that's what sin is so i like that jacob talked about humility because it puts that perspective back of no god did the right thing here it was us that messed it up so we need to lower ourselves a little bit because he is the one that you know has done it right yeah yeah i would go with um, more of recognizing i think jacob talked about this too during his messages recognizing that god is our source of everything we've been given all of our countless blessings that we have and the gifts and the opportunities i think are huge that he's put us in just the opportunities i have every day here on campus and um, all the support supportive uh, family members and friends i got and so i'm trying to work to uh, not let god down with um, all that he's given me and uh, choosing to submit or give back to him what he's given me. I think you can even look, like, I mean, obviously you can look to Jesus as to what humility looks like because uh, God becoming flesh in itself is the utmost of humility, mm-hmm. but also being born in a manger, in a stable, in Bethlehem, like, that's that's humility. Um and spending his life and then dying on earth. So I think that's really cool that we can like even look to like God as what humility looks like. Cause mm-hmm. even though he's the one that deserves out of anybody to not be humble, he does for us. And I think that's really cool. Like how much more then should we be humble because mm-hmm. of that? Yeah. yeah. I, I really like the questions that, um, Jacob asked in the, like, how do we check if we Mm -hmm. have a humble heart? Um, And because he went through, like, three different things. And just, like, for a recap, for those of you that, like, didn't get to hear this um, Tuesday night, but his three questions to really, like, wrestle with were, do I recognize God as the source of my blessings? How do we set our minds on heavenly things? And how often do we say our minds are set on heavenly things when they really aren't? And and those three were, like, I, I was mm. talking to Amira afterwards, and I was just like, man, those questions are hard. Like, hard things to, to really wrestle with and answer. Um, but I thought they were really good in how we can actually dive into, like, what, what our own heart posture is. Like, we'll go back to our motives. Like, Justin and I both said, like, these are good questions to check what our motives are behind behind what we're striving for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I like the first question. Um, do I recognize God as the source for my blessings? I thought, uh, he, he said something afterwards. He, like, he was explaining that question, and he said, uh, you cannot live for God if you are not living from God, mm-hmm. which I really love. I wrote that down because it was so good. Uh, like, the idea that everything that we know comes from God. I mean, it says in Romans 11, from him, for from him and to him and through him are all things. Mm-hmm. Like, everything that we see, everything that we think, everything that we are comes from him. So therefore, we can't offer anything to him that he hasn't given to us. And I think that that's really cool when you think about it because 
in order to live for God, then you have to recognize the things that he's given you, you know, and it's not necessarily stuff that you're giving up. It's stuff that you're giving back. And I think that's a really cool opportunity that we have because we know that that's like, it's just us doing whatever we can to repay him in Mm -hmm. some sort of way. But even though that's not what he necessarily needs, but it's still cool that we can do it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this this thought brings me back to uh, fall retreat. Just the biggest lesson I took from there um, was the first thing um, that was said. And uh, our speaker, um, his he said, the best way to find good answers is to ask good questions. And the first question that he asked was, um, is it possible that we take a God who is infinitely big and make him any size smaller than that? And so that's just been a huge focus of mine, just trying to recognize God as the ultimate power over everything. And uh, whether it's my actions or my interactions with others, um, trying to uh, make sure God has complete control over that because he is all powerful and has given me everything. So trying to point back to him. And that third question, too. I'll talk about that for a second. Because he said, who am I trying to please? Uh, he cited Galatians 1 um, with that, too. I, I like that. But um, he, there was another thing that he said I also wrote down uh, when he was explaining. Who am I trying to please? He said, service without humility is just a show. Uh, which kind of set me back a second. Because, uh, I mean, there's opportunities for service projects mm-hmm. around. And we talk about how good those are. And they really are good. Like, they're awesome. Um opportunities to go and even just doing a service project like going into it if you're not necessarily in the right mindset sometimes a service project alone can put you in that right mindset which I think is really cool but going into it is also very important to have that right mindset because like he said it's just a show if you don't have that perspective like you're just doing something for yourself then Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought that was a really good point that he brought up yeah uh, that's like I just feel like that is such a good perspective on, like, our heart posture, too. Um, Because if we're not doing it to bring glory to God, like, who else can we bring glory to? Um, It's kind of us or him. And and oftentimes it's us when we really look back at the things that we we do or the reasons behind why we do something. But it is such a good question. Or not even a question, a statement Mm -hmm. of, like, why am I doing this? Yeah, and that's what it is. It's a heart posture, like, like you said you can do something and make it look like to other people that your heart's in the right place. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, we, as we know, God looks at the heart. A man looks at outwards, but God looks at the heart. So he knows whether or not your perspective is right, whether or not your, your heart posture is right. Um, and so I think that that's, that's where the root is. As, as I'll go back to another uh, wise person that was in Aaron's class. Oh, uh, I think it was, was Lee in Aaron's class. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Lee, <my> class. <laughs> Lee used to also say, um, like, like we'd be having these big, long debates in big boys group, I remember, back in the day. We would, like, go on for 10, 20 minutes on these big, long debates, and we'd get to the end of it, and we all looked to Lee because we knew that he was the most wise one in the room, and <laughs> he would Had look at everybody. biggest beard. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> biggest beard, biggest brain. Um, and he would look at the room, and he would say, well, where's your heart at? And it would everyone would just sit there and be like, "Oh yeah, I didn't think about that." Like 
we always look to outward experience, like outward things like, is this okay to do? Is this okay to do? But ultimately that's not where God's mind is at. His mind, he, he looks for where your heart is because that's where he, that's what he wants ultimately. And that's what he needs. So. One of the questions I have written down um, that Jacob mentioned um, Tuesday night was how do we set our minds on heavenly things? Um, and that question really makes me think of when Paul talks about taking our thoughts captive um, and and like kind of that, that process of like filtering thoughts and and making sure that the things that stay in our minds are heavenly. Um, so what do you guys think about that? Like how do how do we set our minds on heavenly things? I think a, a big thing to start is just trying to block out distractions, uh, things that we're trying to achieve in this world um, can create a lot of noise and uh, it's kind of difficult to block out sometimes, but I'd say it's a continual process of uh, keeping Christ on focus, um, keeping him in sight so he's in our minds and um, just trying to limit the distractions to um, keep our focus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I remember Ed Passion. Um, and some people for last year remember, remember this, but uh, Jackie Hill Perry spoke, and she was talking about Isaiah six, and how it's holy, 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 and how holy is being set apart and being uh, like it's otherness, like something that we can't even really express in English language. It's like being different than the world, being different than something else, and it's holy, holy, holy for emphasis three times like how set apart God is from us. And I, I think like we're called to set our our minds on, on heavenly things and set our hearts on heavenly things. And it's like how in the world could I set my mind on something so other than this world? Mm -hmm. And it's it's kind of like, like, yeah, you're like, oh, yeah, I'll think about God. But then sometimes I'm just like, man, I'm definitely not <laughs> right now. Um <laughs> how much effort you have to put in to, you know, setting your mind on something that's not even of this world. Um, and that's all that I can really experience, you know. Everything that I see is in this world. So taking that time is so important. Um, takes meditation, takes mm -hmm. prayer, a lot of prayer. Because um, you can't really think about things of this, out of this world and of God if you're not talking to him. Um, so uh, yeah, taking that time, taking a breath, rest, like we talked about last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause if you're surrounded and drowning in the things of this world, you can't really, you know, climb the ladder to heaven. I don't know. That's a weird mm -hmm. analogy, but <laughs> yeah. 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 Something that made me think of is like, Justin, you mentioned, um, Mark, our speaker at the retreat and like he talked about asking questions and. I think in our Western culture, we just hesitate so much to ask questions, and mm. and I don't I don't exactly understand why we do that. I don't know if it's a fear of what we might find, but but I do like the little bit that I know about the Eastern culture, um, and I know this mostly because of Bema. Is like they love asking questions because they know they're going to discover more of who God is in asking questions, mm -hmm. and like. I mean, you said we're in the world or we're striving for things of the world or we're distracted by the world. And it's like, man, if I willingly ask questions that takes 
my infinitely big God mm. and like actually makes me see him in a perspective that's much larger than the box that we like to put him in. Mm. And I th- like I have to think about him a lot more. <laughs> I can't just like spend my hour in the morning and move on. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like a continual meditation, <laughs> even in the midst of distractions and in the midst of the things that are just going on in life. To go off with kind of gaining that perspective, uh, we got to remember our mission here and um, what is important to that. And so um, the things of this world that uh, people are telling us to go, go get what you deserve, go get your money, go get um, mm-hmm. that um, freedom in life as the world defines it. While... Uh, when in reality, if we take a step back from our own Christian perspective, like what is what is really important, and that is trying to fulfill God's purpose in for His kingdom on earth. So, and it's hard to know what God's purpose is if you're not even listening to Him. Yeah, yeah, you got to talk with Him. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I feel like that's been like such a common theme of what we've talked about. Is like spending time with God mm-hmm. and making sure we have um, like more than just like our routine of like here's these specific things that I just try to do every day like um, Abby and I've been talking with the freshman girls of like you know, like what's kind of the difference between a routine and rhythm like mm. like are we just trying to check our box every day or are we just like you know I'm in this bible plan so I just read that every day and I move on and it's like or do you do that and let God interact with you in other ways? Like, do you do you let him just have spontaneous moments mm. of, of interacting with you? And you're just yeah. like, yeah, God, this time's for you too. Or is mm. it just that little chunk? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you think about, like, relationships that we have here. Like, your friends and family and such. You're like, how often do we, like, we have a free 10 minutes you go and you talk to them or you mm-hmm. go and play a game or you have like a free couple hours and you're like, Hey, let's go do this just for fun. You know, how often do we do that with God? Like mm-hmm. that's, I, I mean, that's something that I've not done very well of and I haven't heard a lot about it. Um, like that's what a relationship is though. Like it's, yeah. it's who you are. It's what you do in your free time. It's what you do. It's what you think about all the time. You know, like it's something that's important to you. It's what a mm-hmm. identity is something that you spend time on and yeah we, we struggle with that that's something that like spending that time spending like and not necessarily like like you said to check it off like it's a routine mm-hmm. but doing it because you want to do it having that that heart posture that that right mindset it's a it's a whole nother thing that's not natural yeah but <laughs> it takes effort um and it, it doesn't come easy it takes time but yeah it's important mm-hmm yeah, I mean, I obviously haven't been to freshman girls group, so I'm just <laughs> hearing about this routine rhythm thing now. But uh, well, when I think about it, I feel like routine is just, yeah, that stuff on our to-do list that we try and check off and try to get accomplished as soon as we can. While a rhythm is um, we're trying to, we actually find a flow. We uh, make a beat, you know, we create something that... Um, becomes more meaningful and uh, it becomes uh, it becomes I'd say something more purposeful 
like a piece of art rather than uh, just something that is torn apart. But mm-hmm. And I think there's just like, I don't know, the word rhythm speaks a lot to me for some reason. Like, I just like the idea of like, there's an ebb and flow to rhythm. Like, it's not all just like linear. It's not all the exact same things speed Mm -hmm. up at times and slow down at times and some things are really important for a season and some things Mm -hmm. are really important just all the time and the the way that those things um look in my relationship with the lord are really cool to Mm -hmm. me it's like and sometimes i'm just really like i really love writing in my prayer journal or i really love like Mm -hmm. studying deeply Mm -hmm. in god's word and there are other times where those things are a little bit less and something else is greater. And mm-hmm. it's just cool to watch how that changes, how God meets me in certain seasons. Mm-hmm. I know that's something that we talk about quite a bit. Like, how do you how do you meet God? How do you see God? Mm-hmm. That's something that is brought up a lot that I hear. Um, and yeah, it kind of goes along with that. Like, there's no like necessarily wrong way to meet God. Like, yeah. he's, he's obviously everywhere. So uh, yeah, I think that's really cool that with rhythm, like you think about, like even syncopation, like that's mm-hmm. that's really good rhythm. Like we think about that all the time, and I know Drew's been listening to jazz around the house, so I definitely hear a lot <laughs> of that. Um, so, like you, you think about, like it's not all just stagnant, and it's not supposed to be, because it's a relationship. It's authentic and it's real, and therefore it's not necessarily always going to be predictable. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like the jazz music reference there. <laughs> it's like, hey, I'll love to Drew. It's been good music. It's like, uh, man, I feel like if we just listen to the same music all the time, mm. we would be so sick of it. Oh, you yeah. know, <laughs> could you imagine if we just like listen to the same song on repeat, and that was the only thing that we did? Yeah. We're like, when we listen to different music and different types of music, different Even tempos. It's like all yeah. different. Even just the other day, he was playing some Beatles songs. Um, and it caught me off guard because I, when I was a kid, I used to listen to the Beatles all the time. Um, and he played a couple songs that I definitely could sing from memory from when I was like 11 mm-hmm. and it just caught me off guard. And I was like, man, I could still sing these songs. And actually now relating that, like maybe we find different ways to connect with God throughout our, like our, our life. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you're in a prayer journal and then you go and, you have time of meditation in nature or, you know, a bunch of different ways. Maybe you find time reading and studying, but maybe later down, down the line, you're like, well, maybe I could do a prayer journal again and, mm-hmm. you know, get back right back into it. And like, he doesn't call us to be the same all the time, but he also may call us to do something similar that we've done before. Yeah. Which, yeah, that's kind of cool. Something that, um, Jacob, like, I feel like he kind of briefly mentioned this, um, but I thought it would be cool to dive into mm-hmm. because of that. Um, but he started talking about um, how children, um, when in, mm. in this chapter of Mark specifically, like, Jesus paid such close attention to them. And at the, in that culture, in that time period, children were not important. They were just kind of like, yeah, someday you'll have something to bring mm-hmm. uh, right now you don't because you're a kid um, and I was thinking of like there, there are people that we treat like that in our society too like you know people we think are outcast or something and it's like man we just don't think they have anything to offer or bring and um, yeah, and like how do we recognize those people how do we 
how do we engage with them? How do we step into to mm. their lives and in a way that makes God look great? Yeah, a note from a note from Jacob's message. Uh, I think that went along with this was uh, that the absence of humility results in hurt relations. So um, I'd say that's like when we're interacting with other people and um, just by our body language or uh, the things that we're saying to them, we're kind of subconsciously like putting ourselves above them. Um, And so we got to make sure that we make sure that we're on the same playing field, like in how we view other people. You know, we can't view what we've accomplished as or our greatness that we've achieved puts us above anybody else Mm -hmm. because we're all uh, brothers and sisters of Christ. And, um, and so we, everything we got comes from God. And so it's not like for, there's any good reason at all to view ourselves above anybody else. Yeah, I, I remember with the children, uh, they he was talking about in the message. He said that Jesus uses children in like that context to illustrate somebody who doesn't return a favor. Uh, because, I mean, we give stuff to children, like parents give stuff mm-hmm. to children out of love. They don't expect anything back, maybe ex- like a hug, but like that's not, <laughs> yeah. Like, what is that? But it's because they love their children, like, and they want to give stuff to them to help them be happy and to give them joy and to illustrate what God has done for us, giving stuff to us when he can't get anything in return because he's given us everything that we have. Um, so I, I really like that illustration because when we give to people and we find people, we don't expect things from them. And sometimes maybe we find people who can't give things to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, that's a really cool point that he brought up. Like it's that mindset thing again, like, you know, you're, you're, looking for somebody but not necessarily for looking for somebody's stuff you know Mm -hmm. they're looking for something in return um even if it's like uh like like you said like if you're looking for somebody or you have a relationship where you're putting yourself at a higher pedestal than them that damages that relationship so if you're looking for somebody to give you respect and to put you up like it's going to kill that relationship Mm -hmm. so look for somebody to put yourself on an even playing field um yeah and make sure that plane feels below the cross. Yeah. Yeah, something um, I was reading in Luke a couple days ago, and uh, something that really stood out to me is after he sends out the 72 to, like, mm-hmm. go out into the cities, and he's like, when you enter these houses, like, say, peace be with this house, and, mm-hmm. and enter, and he talks about, like, if they, like, if they're accepting of it, your peace is going to rest mm-hmm. on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they're not, your peace is going to return to you. And what I realized as I was reading that is like God's peace, um, is with us regardless of whether or not we get something in return when we meet with people. And uh, I was like really like shocked by that when I was reading was like, man, like we're not like any less full based on what we receive back from somebody. Mm. Like we don't have to receive something back from him. And, and even more so than that is like, God doesn't expect to receive something back from us. Like, he still, like, went to the cross. He still meets us exactly where we are every day, and he expects nothing in return. 
like and we get to return our gifts to him like you were sharing mm-hmm. earlier Zach but he doesn't expect it mm-hmm. um yeah. it just comes from the joy of our heart at that point but like when we're we seek out people that are childlike or outcasts or however we want to explain them like we don't have to expect anything from in return like we've already been given everything we need mm-hmm. and man that's just been like heavy on my heart recently yeah. and it's yeah and i i think it's really cool then when you see like there's like commands in the new testament to to give and like to give mm-hmm. to the church and to give to other people and you think about why he says that like it's not he's not telling us to give because he needs it or because his church needs it god doesn't need that money mm-hmm. but he does it because he knows that we need to give yeah and to lower ourselves a little bit which i think is even more cool like cuz he knows that he's given us stuff and then he asks to give it back because he knows that we need that mindset and I, yeah that's really cool i think yeah mm-hmm. uh, another question I, this is kind of more of like a i don't know it can be sp- specific to like what you expe- have like experienced or the way that you live um but also could just kind of be more of like a theoretical question in a way but um I wrote down as Jacob is talking Tuesday night is what picture of God do our, what picture of God do our actions create? Like Mm. what, what is my life making him look like? And that's a loaded question. (laughs) So I don't know where we want to go with that, but I thought it would be, be cool to just discuss a little bit. I'd always say just when we're trying to live out, um, trying to live out Christ's love and that's the goal of how we want other people to see us Mm -hmm. and sometimes when we kind of get stuck in our routines or kind of going through the motions and um, how we're kind of going through our faith but it's kind of tougher living that out every every single day um, then it's then that reflection gets lost. Then we're just another person going through this life. And so I'd say it's a continuous process. Once again, um, just trying to uh, keep up that, that mirror reflecting God. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, he, he mentioned that, like, oh, I can't remember how he said it, but um, it was something like, like you said, like we, have relationships with people. Oh, I, it was have relationships with people so that we can reach them and so that they can see what God looks like or something. Like, yeah. Um, and I remember he said like, have relationships with people so that they can see what God character looks like. And I was, I got scared because like, <laughs> I hope people don't look at me to see what God looks like. Cause mm-hmm. that's a terrifying thought <laughs> that I'm somebody's representation of what God is supposed to be. Cause that's not it. Um, and it puts a, a bit of a burden on me, I think. Like, I mean, I have, I'm an ambassador for Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that's what I'm called to do, like, is to represent who he is and what he's done for us. And yeah, like, it, it scares me a little bit. Um, but I guess that's what the fear of the Lord is, like, mm-hmm. you know, fear that, like that that's my responsibility and i think that drives me even further to put that effort in to have a relationship with him to figure out who he is first of all so i can actually represent him well um but then also to 
like impact my actions and what mm-hmm. I do and how I live my life and how I interact with other people. Yeah. 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 Um, I'd say um, kind of going f- off of that where people look at me to see Christ. That's kind of tough. Like um, I'd say over the years, um, just growing up and mature and like, I kind of put that kind of pressure on myself where I had to be perfect all the time. Mm-hmm. And it was a heavy burden because I definitely couldn't do it. <laughs> no yeah. way. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that I ended up operating out of, out of fear and guilt and shame sometimes when I couldn't hold up the standards that, uh, literally the standard of perfection. Mm-hmm. And, um, but now like coming through, coming through Christ as freedom, um, a lot of what I learned over this past summer was um, from Romans talking about freedom from the law where we aren't necessarily held to those standards because Christ did pay that debt and some people don't recognize that still. And so they're still living under those rules where it's that fine line of balance where, you know, you shouldn't be doing wrong things, but you should be doing it because you're freed, not because you're following the rules. And so I'd say experiencing freedom like that has really helped me uh, go through and uh, live live my life um, out, of, out of the grace that God has given me rather than a uh, fear of um, trying to not do the wrong thing. So. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, man, when I read, when I read that question, I think of how, like, how much my actions and my heart behind my actions like actually matter um like I can try to paint a good picture but at some point my like my weaknesses are gonna show through that um and man I just like it's a call to step up and to to be better like not perfect I can't can't live to that kind of standard but um, and to bring my best every day, and yeah, I'm thankful that we don't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that Jesus still takes our brokenness, and um, we'll use that to meet people where they are, too. It's not just on us to to foster that or to make it or to transform somebody's life. Like He's the one doing that, mm-hmm. <laughs> and our obedience um, He works through even when we make it look like a mess. <laughs> At the end of the day, we can just say, oh, yeah, he can still even use me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's go um, kind of back to the beginning of our conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, do we have any more thoughts just on the idea of greatness? Mm. Um, earthly greatness, heavenly greatness. Um, mm. How those two <laughs> pull us yeah. or interact together. Or any Any thoughts there? Yeah, I remember pulling another quote from Jacob because he did such a great job. Um, he said, I actually quoted him on this, like word for word. He said, if we try to keep the idea of greatness in our faith walk, we cannot make God's glory supreme. Um, I think that's really cool. I mean, that's what we've been talking about, like humility and how important that is and how lowering ourselves or thinking of ourselves less often uh, 
elevates more time for him and more time for him to be like who we represent and how we represent him. Um, and if we put ourselves there, like that, wherever we put ourselves, he can't be. So mm-hmm. we have to put him there, not us. Yeah, just to go back to some points that were made um, last Tuesday, just uh, how in the kingdom of heaven, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Mm-hmm. And um, then another verse where God must become greater while we must become less. So just trying yeah. to elevate God. Yeah, well, thank you guys for being here. Thanks for discussing this. Of um, course. It's been good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Truly an honor. (laughs) (laughs) It's an honor to sit here with you guys today, (laughs) too. So it's an honor every week to sit with different people. It's pretty awesome. So if you guys need any information on the Take Two podcast, follow us on social media at CCH Trine. Um, You can check out the CCH Trine app and also check out our YouTube page um, to listen to Jacob's message or any other messages throughout the year. Catch you next week.